This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is my favorite tweet of last week. It's actually, I guess, Friday? Are you going to read a tweet now? Is that I'm going to read happens? a tweet. Okay. The Daily Mail has mixed up the captions on a Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin story with images of a man surfing with his dog, and I'm screaming. <laughs> and there are these photos of a man, not a celebrity, a man, on a surfboard with a dog, a beautiful little golden retriever. That's great. And there are four photos in each of the captions. Here's one. A man with a dog. Caption. Moving on. Following their split, Gwyneth and Chris have since moved on to new relationships. <laughs> and then the next one. A man surfing. The dog is sort of like in repose on the front of the surfboard. And the man is actually surfing. Uncoupling. In 2014, the couple announced their shocking decision to consciously uncouple. And they're just riding the waves. And then wait, the last one. The the surfer's like lying down very luxuriously like he's sunbathing, getting something on his back. And the dog is standing on the front like the captain now. And it says, all's well that ends well. However, since splitting, the pair have remained close and are often seen spending time together with their two children. It's very good. (laughs) Okay, but like, so I remember this Daily Mail article because I don't think I actually read it. But the headline was, Gwyneth Paltrow and ex-husband Chris Martin look mesmerized as they watch a dog go surfing during a friendly day out at the beach. So yes, it was Gwyneth and Chris, but what they were doing was watching a dog surf. So what ended up happening was they put all, they put all these pictures of do- the dog surfing and put the captions that they were supposed to go put with like photos of Chris and Gwen with the dog. That's funny. Okay, so it's not a huge mistake, but it's still sort of a mistake. And it's funny. Yeah. Out of context, it's the best. It's a really, really, really good out of context. So I think they, they changed it. Maybe they 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 updated it, but it's like the, the captions would be like, mesmerized. Uh, the, the duo watched the dog surf for 20 minutes. Effortless. The adorable pooch expertly navigated the ocean waves while resting on the board. So it's like it kind of shifted into like, let's just watch a dog surf, which I respect because that's more entertaining than an article just about Gwyneth and Chris Martin like hanging out for the day. Yes. You know, respect. It's time for a segment is born. Excuse me. <clears throat> it's time for Bradley Cooper's A Segment is Born starring Lady Gaga. <laughs> it's a podcast segment is born starring Lady Gaga. It's Bradley Cooper's A Podcast Segment is Born starring Lady Gaga. Right. I believe. That's what it's is called. That, yes. Isn't and that what we call it? We put out the call to get a call with any type of information about the movie. And we have to disguise this caller's voice, but we got some great dirt. Um, hopefully this isn't a huge spoiler. I don't think it is. So... Um, I don't think it is either because so it doesn't actually say what's going on. No, in no, scene. it's it's more specific just for our audience. So we're gonna play the call right now. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. This is calling uh, you guys from the Toronto International Film Festival, where I'm getting ready to go to the premiere party for A Star Is Born, which is a movie I believe you're aware of. Um, and I was listening to your recent podcast about uh, Halsey. Uh, and what she's doing in Star Born, and I'm here to tell you that she is a Grammy presenter in the movie. Um, I won't tell you what happens after or why we're at the Grammys in the movie, uh, but there she is presenting a Grammy, uh, and then something um, rather embarrassing happens. Uh, so that's just a little teaser for you and your listeners. I think you're all going to love the movie. I certainly did. Thanks. Bye. Also, um... Bye. Thank you, friend. Good for Halsey. Good for like Halsey. A, tr- a proper role. Halsey playing, playing Halsey? Still. Playing herself still, but that's a proper role. Also, question, has Halsey presented Grammys, like, uh, normally? I am not looking that up. <laughs> let's 
let's end the podcast segment. Let's end a podcast segment as Born starring Lady Gaga no, and you, just move on. You to did the it show. wrong. It's a let's Bradley end Bradley Cooper's, Cooper's a podcast, podcast segment, segment as Born starring Lady Gaga. Gaga. Also, we have been receiving reports um, from our listeners that Lady Gaga is credited as Stephanie Germanata in the film. I don't buy film. it. I don't buy it. I, don't, I will believe it when I see it. This is still a work in progress as far as I'm concerned until I see it with my own two eyes on a movie screen on October 4, 2018. <laughs> I will not believe her creditization. And if you're wondering when if you're wondering when the last episode featuring uh, Bradley Cooper as a Star is Born podcast segment starting Lady Gaga will air, it will be the episode after we see A Star is Born. Yes, which will be, oh, God. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, that's going to be tough. Don't worry about it. (laughs) It'll be, don't worry about it. Let's start the episode. You will say that. Lindsay, let's let's do this old school. Who is Rashida Ali? So Rashida Ali is the person you may not have heard of in the most recent very crazy fight between Cardi B and Nicki Minaj that happened at mm-hmm. New York Fashion Week. I forget what party was it like. What it was, was the bizarre party. It was like the Harper's, Harper's Bazaar party. So you yeah. may have seen like on TMZ and other places, many places actually, probably every place, um, that Cardi B took off a beautiful red shoe and threw it at or towards Nicki Minaj, and there was a scuffle, and Cardi left with a big bump on her head, and a then big bump, like like a comical bump, right? And you're like, wow, like that took a punch, or like a, that took a something, that took a blunt object to the face, uh-huh. uh, and basically everyone was like, oh, Nicki, Nick, they got in a fight, they got a fight, and maybe yes, they did get in a fight, but Nicki was not the one who did the fighting. As it turns out, the woman who did the fighting is this fascinating person who we have discovered via this. Her name is Rashida Ali. She goes by Ra Ali. Um, and she, her, let me just read to you her Instagram bio, which I can't even deal with. It is TV personality, entrepreneur, author, stiletto expert. And then if you go to her Wikipedia, which is even better, it says Rashida Ali is an American TV personality, armed security officer, and shoe designer. So this woman has like more jobs than Christina Milian at this she point. Like, <laughs> Throwback. She was like, oh, you think you're a multi-hyphenate? Wait until you see this multi-hyphenate. I just She's wasn't like, expecting she- shoe designer and armed security officer. <laughs> right? That means like you carry a gun and you wear nice shoes or something. I don't know. I mean, it's it's 2018. This is this is a symptom of late capitalism. You have to be a lot of jobs. You can't just it's be true. an armed security she's, professional. She's you can't true... just be a stiletto expert. You have to be all these things at once. She's truly an entrepreneur in that she has her she has a finger in every pot. I think in seasons past, I was perceived as someone who was very emotionless. People thought that I was jealous of a previous friendship that I had, not knowing that I am a full supporter of bad bad bitches. That is what I do. I think I'm a person who absolutely cannot tolerate being disrespected in any shape or form. I am absolutely someone who's going to give you what you're asking for if you come to me with that type of uh, delivery. So she is Nicki Minaj's good friend slash maybe bodyguard, but it's unclear whether she's like officially her bodyguard or just her friend who also happens to be an armed security officer who can like (laughs) kick your ass is what I'm saying. Like it just it's unclear. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if this were one of those instances where it's like you 
rich, famous people give their friends jobs. You know, just like right. we need to give her some title. Right. Like well, she'll be my professional security expert. She'll be my armed security expert. Wikipedia says Ali is currently employed as a by rap star Nicki Minaj as a full time member of Minaj's security team, where she began in 2017. I haven't seen that literally anywhere else. Like on her but I will Insta, say, on anything. So I don't know if that's true. And never trust if, Wikipedia fully. If if it is true that this altercation was actually between Cardi and Ra, that that makes sense. Like she was doing her job, right? Oh, right. She was I protecting mean, her. Protecting Nikki protecting, from the shoe. Air quotes, yeah. From Ironically, shoe. the shoe designer was protecting Nikki, her client, from a shoe, flying shoe. Well, that's the twist. She was protecting the shoe. <laughs> she loves shoes so yes, much. She didn't want the shoe to get injured. It was a nice shoe. Anyways, Ra was on Love and Hip Hop New York. So was Cardi. So we were like, wait, did they like come into contact? And I did a lot of research because I did not watch Love and Hip Hop New York, which honestly would have been the ultimate research. But no, I don't have enough time to watch like five seasons of Love and Hip Hop New York like for this I watched podcast. It. I watched the first couple. Of se- I watched it before Rashida was on it. OK, so she appeared as like a secondary character because her former best friend, which makes this even more messy, is Remy Ma. Remy Ma and Nicki Minaj also kind of aren't friends. Nicki Minaj really enemies, isn't friends yes. with any other I mean, they're female rompers like Let's be real. So they, so basically, right, because they had the whole diss track thing last year where, mm-hmm. yeah. God, I forgot, almost forgot about that. That was we a, talked about it the length. sheather yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Remy and Ra were on Love and Hip Hop together. Ra helped plan Remy's wedding. They were like best friends. And then they got in a fight. And Ra essentially like defected to Nikki, like as her new best friend and like works for her now. Then everyone was saying that this happened because – this was like an extra, it was like stabbing Remy in the back in like a really extreme way, which is to befriend Nicki Minaj. Right. But because people were saying that that was probably what happened, she had to release a statement saying, no, 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 I was friends with Nicki before. Like, it's possible to be friends with two people who are feuding. Like, just check when I followed her on Instagram, when she followed me. We've been following each other for over a year. This is which this is, is a real weird. old friendship, right? This has nothing to do with Remy. Let's just acknowledge that not only did she post this on Instagram, it's a screenshot and it starts with to whom it may concern colon so it's like she wrote like a formal letter and posted it on her instagram it's like beyond notes app this is like the next level of notes app like yeah, a this formal is full-on text edit it's full-on text edit right so we don't really know what happened there but it's very messy and cardi being on love and hip-hop like at the same time as like raw was like a featured person on it is also sus in that I don't really understand what ended what happened if anything like if they ever came into contact I was watching Bobby was watching me listening to me watch a video of Raw on Love and Hip Hop and all the comments were like really kind of rude about how she never like got on the show like how she tried really hard to like get to be a featured player on the show but like could not get on the show she was a Whitney Port she was well Whitney Port got her own show also, I was wrong. She was a she was more of a low Bosworth. She so was a low the, Bosworth. She was a low and and in a couple episodes credits, I said that though? Whitney a couple episodes I confused a low Bosworth quote with the Whitney Port quote oh. and I said Whitney would never be on the Hills reunion. Whitney will be on the Hills reunion. I know you meant low. Low is the one, right. Low is the one who said it damaged her mental health. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, Lowe so like, Whitney's going to be on it, and she's also going to be extremely boring, just as Lowe would be. Lowe actually was in the <laughs> yeah. credits, so she actually is higher up than what Raw would be. I would say Raw would be like Stacy the bartender. Remember that woman? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's so, correct. So that's, that's more is. of like, she's like a best friend who always, whenever she mm-hmm. appears, they put her name because you forget her name. 
Mm-hmm. You know. Anyways, not only was she on Love and Hip Hop, she was on Basketball Wives and Real Housewives of Atlanta. That's like so many reality shows. That's a lot of reality shows. Um, so I see why they're calling her wannabe reality star. Like she, not that they're like being rude. She literally is trying mm-hmm. to be a reality star. Like she's going on every show, being like, "I would like to be a reality star." Okay. Yeah, and she and she parlayed her wannabe reality star status into an, a friendship slash employment by yeah Nicki Minaj. I mean, not, ultimate not the worst. Ultimate A-lister. How she hopped from being Remy's best friend to working for Nikki is like a, honestly, a very, it's a, yeah. that's a whole thing. Okay. She needs to write a book. Okay. She, well, has, she did write a book. She, she wrote a novel. A book, but it's not about her <laughs> She's life. She's written a book. A she fiction. needs to write a memoir. She needs to write a memoir. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Let's move on to, I don't want to talk about this. You talk about this. You, but I do want to talk about this. No, I do want to, that's what I mean. You, you start it. Okay. This came out last week and I like literally can't stop thinking about it because it's so many sliding door situations like it could break your brain, you know? So basically, um, actually yesterday or right yesterday, it was reported officially that Les Moonves, the uh, person who runs CBS, the man who runs CBS is out. He was the chief executive. He left. He resigned. He basically was accused of. Uh, abusing women, harassing women, most notably Eliana Douglas. Did you read that whole thing? Mm-hmm. It was so terrible. He like, mm-hmm. treated her terribly. And he admitted to some, not others, whatever, but basically excused himself from running CBS, which is a big deal in that CBS like became a very popular and watched TV channel because of him, everyone says. like He did a lot to kind of help the channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that happened, on the lead up to that, HuffPo came out with this insane kind of scoop, which really made me think so much, which was basically that the reason why Janet Jackson's career like floundered after the Super Bowl was not because of what happened on the Super Bowl. It was because this guy, Les Moonves, held this uh, f- this like uh, grudge against her grudge. and basically yeah. like he blacklisted her from all of CBS and Viacom properties because uh, Viacom owns MTV, VH1, like all these radio stations all over the place. So basically like this article kind of talks about how she she didn't like go away because of that incident. So right after the Super Bowl, the, like the Grammys come chronologically, Grammys usually the come weekend right after. after the Super Bowl. And Justin and Janet were both scheduled to perform at the Grammys and the Super Bowl. Then right at the Super Bowl, Les was like, fuck both of them. We're banning them from the Grammys. Justin Timberlake shows up to his office and starts crying his lies out and apologizes. So Les says, okay, fine. Apology accepted. You can perform at the the Grammys. Janet doesn't. And so because Janet doesn't apologize, he goes berserk and enacts this whole like plot to blacklist her from everything. He got and he mad does. when I guess there was a publishing house that CBS kind of owned or like did own very much down the line. They published her memoir some year, like years later. And he called to yell at them because he was like, how dare you like go past my decree or whatever. This was years mm-hmm. and years and years later. And it's just so interesting to me that Janet's entire career that like we see as one way was only because this person had like basically stopped her from yeah. doing things. The other interesting thing is what made it kind of like a little hooey was one of the Janet Twitter, one of like the Janet fan Twitters linked to this clip of Julie Chen, Julie Chen, who hosts Big Brother on CBS and also happens Mm -hmm. to be married to Les Moonves talking about the incident on The Talk. Remember the show The Talk? Is The Talk still a thing? No. I don't. No, it is. The Talk is. Who's on The Talk? 
The talk is because I just saw an ad of it in Us Weekly. It's like it's still Sharon Osbourne. Julie it's Chen still, still. It's still the the Gilbert. Oh, um, Sarah Gilbert. It's what's her name and what's her name. Yeah, it's it's a whole lot of who's. Yeah, and I think it's like, I. It's it has always been a more tolerable show than The View. So right, it's just funny because I saw because just this clip of Julie Chen, which I'll play a little bit here, talking talking on the talk, literally without disclosing that her husband is Les Moonves, like in the because like you wouldn't know unless you knew, and talking yeah. about how very specifically like Justin had apologized and Janet had not apologized, and that's why he was doing the Grammys and she wasn't. This was like right after this happened, and they were both told their camps were both told. If you apologize, all you have to do is come out and apologize for what happened, and you'll be on the Grammys. The following week, one person apologized, one person didn't. And that following week, Justin Timberlake, who apologized, performed at the Grammys, and Janet Jackson did not. Wow. So it's just like so weird and so scary how this thing can be so like impactful on your like entire life and career. Old, powerful white dudes with a grudge. Yeah. Yeah. This is it just reminds me a lot of and I guess why I want to talk about her like whatever is it reminds me a lot of like catch and release where like these things are like catch and kill. Yeah. Sorry. It reminds okay, me a lot com- of you're you can't you can't keep Wait, is catch, and release catch and kill with Netflix catch and release movie? is the Jennifer Garner movie that you keep thinking of. Sorry. And I realize the reason you keep bringing up catch and release over and over again, both on the podcast and in person when you're on my couch is because you're thinking of catch and kill. I am. <laughs> these are the two these are this is like the two opposite sides of things i understand these are two but different i just sides of the coin. do you understand it's like a, it's like an extension of my problem with um whatever so catch yeah. and kill it's just the same devious type of behind the scenes action that's affecting the day-to-day mm-hmm. that we experience in our culture you know like janet jackson wasn't so humiliated by her by her nipple coming out at the super bowl that she <laughs> disappeared forever she literally was disappeared like she yeah, was no- she had an album coming out right. right after that too, and the album tanked because she couldn't promote it because all the companies yes. that could promote it were banned from promoting it because of Les Moonves. Exactly. So it's like that's just to me so interesting, and it's so much like thinking about how the sausage is made behind the scenes of like who we see and who we don't see. Anyways, yeah. Um, let's move on to really a, a little quick rapid fire garbage. Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra. Per Us Weekly, reveal their hilarious celebrity couple nickname, which is. Do you guys oh, have a celebrity nickname? We Priyanka, you oh, can answer boy. that. Do you, do you have a celebrity nickname? She likes prick. No, 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 no absolutely no. I don't like that. Absolutely no. Let's not talk about them. Big Brother, we had to talk about them. They're so good. Ugh, God, they are good. I Who? hate that they're good. Nick and Priyanka. Nick and Priyanka, yeah. they're good. They're great. They're good. Big Brother alums Victor Arroyo and Nicole Franzel are engaged. They're both on okay. Big Brother. What's the deal? No, I don't know anything. I don't watch Big Brother, but I thought it was funny that hidden in this article is Arroyo and Franzel are set to compete together on the upcoming 31st season of The Amazing Race. So like true love like finds you on Big Brother, catches you and propels you into The Amazing Race. Like proud of you, people. CBS reality shows and reality shows in general are have reached the point. Like we reached the point in um, culture, this, this culture, this wave of television post reality TV where it's like I 
these shows have been going on for so long that I would I would literally believe any number you threw out at me. Like if you said they're set to compete together on the upcoming 63rd oh, season no. of Amazing Race, I would not bat nine. Well, also, I'd be like, oh, okay. Literally never forget when the Amazing Race won every single Emmy for Best Reality Competition Series for like a hundred years. It was yeah, winning it was like, every year. They had to like retire it from the Emmys. They didn't. But like it was something. always the it was always positioned as like the highbrow alternative to all other reality, you know, like yeah. it was the one that you were, you wouldn't be ashamed to watch because it's the good one. It's the one about like people so being strategic and blah, 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 blah. Stupid. Meanwhile, like yes. now we're a hundred years later, we're finally embracing the fact that like reality TV is a part of our culture, like, and it's here yes. to stay almost, and, you know? And this, and the, the, one of the other old school categories of reality TV, which is like just, cameras on a vaguely famous couple inside their house that's all back time's a flat circle because guess what ashley and evan is a show on e and guess who watched it me both episodes and me did you well, watch I watched both? the first episode okay. no 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 i watched the first one i watched two let me tell you this show is not worth watching it's, it's terrible it's really not good and i don't even think it's because of the show itself it's because this couple i really don't find anything interesting about no no and no. i don't even think if tried. you were a diana ross fan you would find this interesting oh and they tried and they diana ross and tracy ellis are in the first episode the first and that episode. doesn't save it it yeah. doesn't save it so is joe simpson oh, papa joe <laughs> papa joe oh man Every year we go to Greenwich, Connecticut to see Evan's family. Evan and I wanted to share a song with his mom. I definitely know that he wants her stamp of approval. And for me, if she's like in on our project and and proud of us, then I don't know, I just get really sweet, good butterflies about it. (laughs) It's terrible. It's also very, I was telling Lindsay about this. It's just like, it's overproduced. It's way the tone is way off. Both of them, like you said, recognize, like, dis- uh, acknowledge the cameras way a too lot, frequently. A lot, a lot. They recognize the they cameras both a have, lot. Oh, my God. Both of them have the worst voices. The worst I know. Worst it's weird voices. because they both have, like, opposite voice problems. So do you even know the movies I've done? Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> Can you name them all? Oh, gosh. ATL. Yes. I know you did one about minutes, like 90s. What minutes. about minutes? <laughs> it happened in 96 <laughs> in minutes. It was minutes. about minutes? Yeah, that was a good one, right? And then, I know, I mean, I've, I've seen them. You've not seen them. Babe, I have. Well, do you know everything about my career? Yes. What was my first job? It's a commercial. It's, oh, it's weird. It's It's weird. It is weird. I also feel very weird that they, maybe this is on purpose, but they feature their child together more than they feature hair child with Pete Wentz a lot. Like maybe it's because just like oh, he's yeah. not there all the time because he's maybe hanging out with his dad or doing other things. He's slightly older, but it is just like very much like where's it's Bronx? Like where's Bronx Mowgli? Like he just <laughs> They mentioned up. Bronx like twice. The whole episode is them being like, oh my God, Evan's back. Oh, he's been gone so long. Evan is finally back. And it's like, where was he? Oh, he was shooting straight. Star? <laughs> so wait, I'm what? It sounds like he would. They talk about him like he's been in like uh, on the beaches of Normandy. Yeah, they they talk about like he's literally been gone since World War Two. It's okay. like this is crazy. So Evan comes back and they're like, Ashley's like, oh, we're so excited to have Evan back. We're throwing an Evan themed barbecue where everyone like comes dressed up like Evan. And I guess like his signature Ugh. style is like a weird hat and like <laughs> fur and like feathers. Like he's got a look and he is he does exude a lot of coolness that I kind of am very fascinated by a little bit. I think he 
there's yeah. this, like, there's definitely something to him that's interesting. He, he seems cool in a way that Ashley definitely does not. No, which is kind of why they're cute together. If you're gonna, if you're kind of taking it to that next level, which we're not. Yeah. But anyways, the kid, their Bronx Mowgli shows up. And he's wearing a hat and like a fake drawn-on mustache to look oh like Evan. And I'm just like, this is what. And he's being, of course, arm around him by Papa Joe, who also is wearing like a big hat. It's just, it's so many layers of. I'm never, ever going to watch this again. Oh, my God. The scene when they play their terrible song, which is now out now. You can listen to it on Spotify. I do. When they play it for Diana Ross. You're asking me if I love you. I do, I do, I do. You're asking me if I trust you. I do, I do, I do. And Ashley's like, I'm I'm nervous enough playing music for my own mother, but then like Diana Ross, oh, uh-huh. and it, and it's like they play this terrible song for Diana Ross, and Diana Ross has to pretend to like it, and it's so it's weird, it's so uncomfortable. It's weird. She does seem happy that it exists, and whenever Evan is singing, she seems very enthralled by her son singing. Oh, it is yeah, a little like, bit authentic in that way, but then like, the song what? is not great. It's like like I could have recorded that song and played it for my mom and she would have cried and she would like it's so beautiful it's genius it's brilliant it's like because she's a mom who right. wants to be nice right so but right so this they love their kids this is a weird rollout to a duet album that we're probably gonna get oh. by the end of the season we'll probably hear like a song an episode Papa Joe is the kind of father that would a hundred percent do anything for his family and his daughters I can learn a lot from him. Being that he used to manage Ashley in music. Watched your own star the other night. I saw you got married. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know how. Did you tell mom and dad you was getting married? Okay, let's move on to um, these photos of uh, KJ Appa okay, and so, Ansel Elgort. So you can't see this photo, but let me describe it to you, audience. Uh, this is KJ Appa at some sort of Toronto fest thing. He looks like the last Diane Keaton in the last scene of the first Wives Club mixed with like. <laughs> One of those movies from the early 90s that's about, like, computer hackers. Like, he looks like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, late 90s. Yeah. Right. Like, the top of his head is, like, spiky hair like he is Angelina Jolie's ex-husband in that movie. Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah. yeah. It's called hackers. hackers. Mm-hmm. So you can go look that up, but it is good. Um, and then the second photo is of Ansel Elgort, who dyed his hair Ansel? blonde and looks insane. <laughs> I love him so uh, much. Really, really um, intrigued by these like straight young Hollywood men really trying things out with fashion and style. I love you it. Know? I mean, it's very Chris Pine in that uh, Sherbert. They wish. They wish. <laughs> they wish. Also... I'm not even going to get into it. Okay, let's but, talk about um, Chris Pine. I know what you want to talk about, but we're not going to talk about Chris Pine's Pine. Let's talk about Shane Black and Olivia Munn. We've talked about Olivia Munn before. Probably a them at this point, is she? Shane Black, who? Olivia Munn, them, really? Uh, Olivia Munn, who? Olivia Munn, who? Because I confuse her, I confuse her with Olivia Wilde. Olivia Still, Munn, who? Olivia Munn, the, uh, famous for changing her face by eating Japanese potatoes. She has been a little bit of a, of a character of not my favorite. <laughs> She's like, not my favorite. But, but she was Sloan in the newsroom. Iconic character. Oh, come Sloan. on. Come on. Okay. Sloan. Move on. Okay. So, Sloan. We love Sloan. We stand Sloan. she did an admirable thing this week, which uh, she did. you have to respect and actually think about a lot, because basically what ended up happening was she was in a movie called The Predator, which is also the a uh, really weird title considering the story, directed a by... A reboot of the original Predator, yeah. Yeah, directed by Shane Black, this director who, like, is not great guy, right? He's 
known for being. He sucks. He's just like a very. Um, What's his like? He's, a, he's from another era. His thing was his thing was Lethal Weapon. So uh. he he was a screenwriter first, and I think I got. I'm gonna get this wrong, but like when Lethal Weapon was a huge hit, he got offered um, like a million dollars or two million dollars to write. Uh, another screenplay and he for he was he was like the highest paid screenwriter of, of all time Weird. at one point like he was like this wonder kid writing action comedies and then he suddenly started flopping and then his career kind of went nowhere his career so he sort of felt the face of the earth and then he was very resentful and angry about it then he got a comeback because marvel let him start writing the iron man movies and then through that he started directing more Interesting. and he made he made like kiss kiss bang bang you know that movie yeah, that sort of was that, the, that was sort of like the beginning of his comeback but i i wanted to talk about him because he came and spoke to um, a screenwriting class of mine no in college before kiss kiss bang bang came out or like like right before it came out or something and he came and spoke and he was like i don't want to say he was drunk but he seemed no. He was just like belligerent. He was just like mad. He was just like this angry guy. It was the worst talk. I don't know why he agreed to do it. And he just spent the entire talk complaining about Hollywood. <laughs> it was crazy. It was like, he was like, he was like, don't go into this industry. It sucks. Like, what? it's the fucking worst. They'll treat you like shit. They'll chew you up and spit you out. He was like, it's terrible. And blah, blah. If you do get any success, like, you better treasure it because it's never going to happen again. He was like the angriest Ew. person I've ever heard. And I was like, that guy sucks. So he's, Anyway, that's my Shane so Black story. He sucks. And also what happened with Olivia Munn, he sucks about that too. Yeah. Basically what happened he's was. He's a bad guy. Uh, he cast his friend, this guy whose name is Stephen Wilder Striegel, who's this actor who is an, a, a convicted sex offender, served time, yes, but uh, definitely you should be aware of that person being on your cast if you're in a movie with them. Um, mm -hmm. And she and wasn't was. aware, and she was in a scene with him which he hits on her, and it's uncomfortable and gross, and she found out that that was the case. And I think she found out that was the case because people on Twitter, like, told her. She didn't, like, know. Yeah, she didn't know. And that was one of the problems. It's like he should have disclosed this to the people who were right. going to be working with this right. guy. Because there is a part of you that's kind of like, you know, if somebody serves their time, like this is kind of, you can't, sit, anyone who's ever been convicted of a crime and serves time shouldn't be not able to ever get a job again. That includes actors. But it's a really sensitive crime, first of all. And, you know, your coworkers should know that about you, right? So she says, I don't want, you know, the scene, whatever, the scene is cut, right? But then doesn't, she doesn't get an apology. She speaks out against this. She says, this is a fucked up thing that happened and like people should be aware that this is like a thing that could happen to you as like an actor oh so so she so shane apologized but then she you know not to her directly he apologized kind of right. as a statement she and says, then she got mad she was like that's not how an apology works like you have to apologize to me privately personally a public a public statement doesn't count and i agree with that i agree too and also it's very problematic timing not problematic in that way problematic in that they're all supposed to be promoting this this movie at toronto now right literally right Right yeah. now so she's so she's like on this press tour and because she's kind of speaking out about this everyone's asking her questions about it because literally that's the only interesting thing about this fucking movie at this point and mm -hmm. the only co-star that wants to sit with her and answer these questions or be near her is of course jacob tremblay it's really i mean it's really funny it's perfect like i don't it, it sucks that olivia munn's movie might flop because of this but i mean it was gonna flop anyway because apparently it sucks but like that she, as the woman, 
has to be the one with the burden of talking about this every time she talks about this movie. Sucks for her. And her her co-stars, it's a little bit upsetting. Her co-star is the two guys who are not talking about it are um, the guy who started in Moonlight, whose name is now escaping me. Uh, Oh, Trevante Rhodes. uh Uh-huh. And um, who are the other? Boyd Holbrook, who is like... uh, an actor who was in random stuff that obviously I can't even remember, but I th- he was in that movie. Very good girls. Yeah. And um, Keegan, Michael key. I don't even know if he is doing press because I haven't heard from him, but also what's his face from this is us who also put out an, who put out an apology to her. Oh, Sterling K Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He put out a thing and I think talked to her directly because well, that's good. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. Everyone's giving him a lot of credit for doing that. So I'm not entirely sure if that means like she accepted it or like she, whatever the point is, is like, it's funny to, this is terrible, but it is funny to me that the only man that can stand beside her in all this press is Jacob Tremblay. Poor Jacob Tremblay, who like, you know, like was just like, I don't even know what's going on. And I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, like Like Jacob Tremblay's parents had to like explain (laughs) to him all this crap. But Sterling K. Brown in his tweet, he said at Olivia Munn, I'm sorry, you're feeling isolated, my dear. And I'm sorry, you've been the only one to speak up publicly. I was not at TIFF, so I did not have an opportunity to be there with you. There are two main issues as far as I see it. First, what is and is not forgivable. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, well, that's what a lot of people are. A lot. Basically, it's it's not about. I think the problem is here is people are saying like, oh, you know, they should, deleted the he, scene he was in though. He did. They did, but it was more like, oh, you know, he served his time. So how can you this and this and that? But the point was not that. The point was that she was not aware that this was somebody that she was acting with, like that yeah. was a felon. Like when you are convicted of a crime, you have to tell that to your job. That's part of the interview process. That's just the way that it is. So yeah. she didn't know because Shane Black did not tell her it is his job to protect his actors. And also it's your job whenever something goes down to respond to it professionally right. and in a way that makes the people who work for you comfortable. And he did the right. opposite of that because he's an asshole. How hard has it been uh, walking through this with your cast? And, and with Shane Black. Well, I haven't heard from Shane. I did see his apology that he put out. You know, I appreciate the apology. I would have appreciated it more if it was um, actually directed, you know, towards me privately before it went public and I had to see it online with everybody else. But it's honestly disheartening to have to fight for something so hard that is just so obvious to me. Point is, it's time to talk about Rita. What was she wearing? Where was she seen? She posted what on Instagram? She's the Who Queen. Tens of people want to know all about the number one Who. Lindsay Bobby, tell us now. What's Rita Ora up to? Who is this woman? So we have some sad stuff. We have some happy stuff. We have some sexy stuff, right? We always have sexy stuff. Sad stuff. She performed her song um, that she did with Avicii, Lonely Together, at a show recently and like had this very sad introduction and she performed on his, what would have been his his 29th birthday. birthday. Yeah, I was like, she's done this before, but it was for his birthday. It was for his birthday and it's just sad because they actually were, like they were, not that it makes really that big of a difference, but they were friends and he's dead and it's sad. Um, And the song is still good. The song still bangs. Um... (laughs) Charming stuff. Her mother. We're talking about her mother again. Vera. Love Vera. Uh, her mother commented on an on an Instagram, which is really funny. And it's the like the photo where 
Rita's wearing those like crazy pants. Like they look like they're backwards. They're like very yeah, low. Yeah, they look like they're backwards front. and they're baggy, but they're also high. Like they're all of the things at once. Like they don't fit a body in any correct way, but no. that's fashion, I guess. No. So also her stomach is showing because she's wearing a crop top. So like all of her clothes, every single thing about her clothes looks like, doesn't like fit. Cr- it's wrong. Like if you were a mom, right. you'd be like, do any of your clothes fit that you're wearing right now? And then you'd be like, mom, it's fashion. Yeah. So. Vera is <laughs> Vera commented, Rita, quote, like she did a meme. Rita, mom, turn around. Me, um, I am good. LOL, is this fashion? Crying, crying face, crying face, crying face. Hashtag before and after. Hashtag laugh. Hashtag fun. Hashtag jokes. Truly mom hashtags. I love it. Wait, I love laugh fun jokes. Hash, like in case hashtag laugh. you weren't clear, like it's a joke. <laughs> God, it's really good. Hashtag jokes. She's really good. Um, I am good. Lol. Is this fashion? <laughs> That's like how I feel when I see Rita, though, sometimes. I'm like, um, I am good. Lol. Is this fashion? Cry face, cry face, cry, cry face. Cry face, cry face, cry face. Uh, okay. And the last thing she's up to is she wore a crazy dress. Did you see the full photos of this dress? Yeah, it's very see-through. It's like deeply see-through, but it's also like, uh, it's sequined. Yeah. It's sequined. She didn't wear a bra with it. It's also single strapped. So it only has one strap. And so the left side, I guess, is always in danger of falling down and revealing the boob. So <laughs> when Rita left- But was basically the, revealed because it was see-through. Which doesn't really, right. So it doesn't really matter because you can see the boob anyway. But Rita <laughs> leaving the club had to like hold up the left side that didn't have a strap. Um, meanwhile, she's holding this strap up, but her boob is fully visible, like right, nipple so areoli, all of it, no pasties. Right, she's not covering her boob. She's just holding up the dress, but I can see her boob. Anyways, Rita, she loves kind of a funny. fashion. She loves fashion. She loves a fashion risk. Um, did you see the captions? I'll read the captions. Please. And some of them are kind of boring, but read this good one's ones. good. Bold. Rita Ora took things one step further as she flashed her nipples in a, da- in a daring outfit for the GQ Men of the Year after party on Wednesday night. God, the GQ Men of the Year after party. I went to that. Not even the I party. went to that two years ago. The after party or the party? Did you get invited to the after party? The after party, duh. I wasn't invited you went to, to the, the after party. party? Yeah, and my I also spilled a boob. Just kidding. I did you spill, spill a boob? I, I feel like you have to you have to expose your nipples if you go to the after party. That's the party that I went to where I got like was really horny for French Montana. Oh, right, right, right. You yeah. talk about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, no risks, <laughs> no risks, proving to be one-shouldered in design, proving to be one-shouldered in design. What does that mean? It's just a one-shouldered dress. That is an insane structure. Oh my God, they're nuts. Rita ensured she didn't spill out or suffer a wardrobe malfunction as she firmly put her hand in place. God, the way they just described, like the simplest of gestures. Proving is, to be one-shouldered oh in design. Rita, wait, it's so amazing. Also, Rita, that's, so if you like break this down grammar-wise, that phrase, uh, it's speaking about Rita, not the dress. So literally it doesn't make sense because it was like Rita ensured she didn't spill out or suffer wait, a wardrobe so malfunction. Saying, proving to be one-shouldered in design like rita's proving like rita's one-shouldered in design god we should start an instagram account where we diagram sentences from the daily mail like learn english are you british don't you know english better than us (laughs) (laughs) maybe this is just maybe this is perfect english but we don't know because we're stupid and american no i assure you it's not okay work it 
With her cleavage and underwear on full show. No, I'm sorry. With her cleavage and underwear on full show. On full show. The RIP hitmaker no. looked undeniably confident as she strutted along in a pair of towering black heels. Can I just, like, heels. beg? I need to beg. I need to write a, a letter to Daily Mail and beg them to stop calling her the RIP hitmaker. Like, you cannot. <laughs> first of all, no one knows that song. No one knows it's Rita's song. If you keep calling her the RIP hitmaker or the RIP songer, singer or RIP songwriter or whatever, people are going to think that she is dead. And you... <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Stop. And uh, with that, we're done for the week. Um, we will see you on Friday. Call in 619-WHO-THEM if you have questions, concerns, comments. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. It's a very good place to follow us. And um, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's great. Um, we'll see you on Friday. Bye, everyone. Bye. You will Yeah. Yeah. They want to know. to be famous. That was a HeadGum Podcast.